to sit and wait for the real hostage negotiator. God damn it, Jack, I'm talking to you. The last time you called this John Dittenberg popcorn antique out shit, people lost body parts. Now you go in there and it's your badge. The governor gets here, call me. Slater's attempting to enter. Do not let him in. Repeat, do not let him in. Piece of cake. Hey, you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. Log on to Denver Comic Con to buy your tickets today. Denver Comic Con 2016 takes place June 17th through the 19th. Are we going to be there? We are going to be there. Make sure you say hi. Uh, if you log on to our Facebook or our Twitter, you can see the design of our t-shirt this year, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but Brad did a great job. Yeah. More so because I'm Captain Kirk and everybody else is not. So I appreciate that. Have those been ordered yet? Uh, I'm going back and forth with the dude. They'll, they'll get here well in, in time. Don't worry. I can't wait. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be good. Yep. Um, also, uh, I just wanted to announce that Breckenridge Brewery, who sponsors Denver Comic Con, announced that Snapercot is the name of the beer this year. Very clever. Is that a Lord of the Rings thing? Uh, yeah. Jack Wagon. Um, <laughs> Jack Wagon? <laughs> That's an older reference. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's an apricot lager, and it was obviously picked by fans, and Snapercot is Severus Snape from Harry Potter. And, in honor of Alan Rickman. Oh. Uh, in honor of Alan Rickman. And if you went to our friend Jesse went down and got the pint glass this week, mm-hmm. but oh, at, cool. when you're at Denver Comic Con, you can purchase the beverage at a couple locations throughout the con floor. It's always fun. And I, I do love the name this year. I think that's a really clever name. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so yeah, that's what's happening at Denver Comic Con this year. Uh, uh, this week in news at Denver Comic Con, I should say. Cool. Uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw The Nice Guys. Well, I saw it this week. Brad, you saw it on, on Monday. James We, we saw all it saw it this week. Oh, you, I you saw, saw it again? Yeah. Nice. Spoilers, yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> of course, I mean, Brad pointed out that when I did see it a couple weeks ago, I did say that I really liked it, so it's not really spoilers at this point. But Yeah, I know I always forget to uh, introduce Brad. Hey. And James. Yeah. I've been shitty about that the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. I have. I don't know why. Almost purposely. Like, yeah. I, I was like listening to it. I said, I keep on forgetting to introduce him again. Yeah. Well, I'm sure when you have another guest on, you'll forget. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I will. Hey, it'll be all right. You know what's fun about being in Denver is we have the coolest movie theater in town. Oh, I thought you were going to be ta- I thought you were going to talk about the fact that we are in Denver and one of the five best podcasts in... Well, that's not really what the article said, but still. <laughs> hey, but the, actually, that was a pretty nice write-up, though. It was really cool. They, they clearly looked at a marketing thing that we had, and that was it. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, do you mean the marketing the, thing? Yeah. <laughs> they looked at the top of our page and then moved on. <laughs> Who cares? It's coverage. It's okay, yeah. That's too cool. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to know what we're talking about, we stumbled upon an article that we weren't aware of from December that featured us. Uh, that you can see if you go to our Facebook page, we shared from it. one of the four so. major news networks in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like real news. Yeah, so that's cool, guys. Don't downplay it, Brad. <laughs> no, it's totally cool. Every time we get like some like good stuff, Brad's like, "That's not that big." It's Fuck not you a guys. Big deal. Brad must be just disappointed constantly in his life. He totally is. Have you ever met Brad? <laughs> <laughs> you so should be so lucky. I'm the one that found <laughs> the article. <laughs> 
I'm the only one who's like, so, our so podcast is so, so great, Brad, I should Google so it. narcissistic that he's the only one who Googles himself, and he probably just Googled himself, and it popped up. He was so excited. He's like, here's some shit I can shit on. <laughs> um, we kid, we kid. Yeah. What? Uh, People are praising Real podcast. I'll take care of that. <laughs> um, oh. So, yeah. Uh, Alamo Draft House in Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to them. They're They're great. Yes, uh, here's what's playing this week. Hi, everybody. This is Tim League, founder of Alamo Drafthouse, and I'm really, really excited to talk about our next Drafthouse Recommends title. This is a movie by one of my favorite directors, Yorgos Lanthimos, and uh, he had a film about four years ago called Dogtooth, which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film, but he is a true visionary, just a wonderful new voice, a vision like you've never seen in the movies, and this is his English language debut with this film. Huge cast with Rachel Weisz, John C. Riley, and Colin Farrell. It's fantastic, it's a wild ride, and it's like nothing you're ever going to see in a movie theater this year. In a Lonely Place, Miller's Crossing with James Elroy. Ooh. Denver Actors Fund presents Legally Blonde with the director, Robert Luke Tick, and screenwriters, Kirsten Smith and Karen McCullough. What's really cool about, if you don't know what Denver Actors Fund is, is it helps assist actors that are going through hard times and they give money to local actors in Denver. Cool. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, so, And it's, you know, a fun movie. Go see them. Uh, the beer dinner is Waterworld. Okay. <laughs> Do they serve you a glass of piss? <laughs> with your food? So it'd just be like a Red's Apple Ale? Ah, <laughs> uh, Corona. Yeah. Yep. Is that, is that a knock on Corona? Yes. James, we need sponsors. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> the Graveyard Shift is Psycho 2, which is actually not that bad of a film. And uh, the PBS Kids at the Alamo is Thomas and Friends, which is the worst kid show ever. Really? <laughs> Have you ever watched Thomas? The train one, right? Yeah. It's, is this not the show from like when I was a kid? It is. That had like, it's, uh, it's, it had, it had, uh, the dude from, it had the Beatle in it. It didn't really. It, no, it, it had, what you're about. I, I always got him confused. Who's the comedian? He was really small. The guy that died and he was in Dogma. Um, shit. What are you talking about? George Carlin? Yeah. He was in that show where he's, where they're in he's a. He's not in Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> no, but they, but there was that show and they were all living in like a train station and it was live action, but then they'd go to the cartoon and it was Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm. You don't know what I'm we talking about? We don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Anyway. But Thomas the Tank Engine is Thomas went around the corner and saw a cow there. The cow mood. <laughs> Thomas loves driving around the. <laughs> it's really boring. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, does your son not like it? Uh, he likes the trains, but he doesn't like the show. <laughs> He's like, this is dog so shit, Dad. I have a wooden train set that he plays with that he really loves, but I put on the show for him. And when I can get past the headache, I can't watch it. Uh, but he even is like, fuck this. <laughs> he bounced. Getting to be a smart kid, that's why. One of us in this podcast loves to go around Denver and talk about what's happening around town. Brad, what's happening around town this week? This is what's going on around town. We'll think of some clever name in the next few weeks. Make sure you leave enough space for my awesome intro. <laughs> I was until you just said something. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, Wednesday, EFP Talks is back. So if you want to get some uh, inside info on being an actor and how to break into the New Mexico film market, come down to the Bug Theater at 7.30. Um bring money and, <laughs> <laughs> to throw at the stage and uh yeah they will teach you how to start your career in new mexico cool very cool um 
As for the drive-in theater, they changed the lineup. Uh, they have added Angry Birds as the first movie. <laughs> Not surprisingly, but the middle movie is Miracles from Heaven. Wow, wow. I didn't think it could get worse. What's what's is the that a recent movie? movie or is that from no, like, that's like from three February. months ago? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That came out. Uh, that's come that's out Jennifer... between no. between now and when I saw Risen. So it, it yeah, can only Jennifer have been Garner in the last one. six movies, six weeks. Yeah. So it's still six weeks old. No, no like, I'm saying it came out in the last six weeks. I'm saying I'm not saying like either way. It's not for. I reason. saw a trailer for it at Risen, so it wasn't out then, and I couldn't have seen Risen more than six weeks ago. Or they just included the trailer there to make you go to it. Hang on. No, 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 no. Anyways, uh, what else? It definitely wasn't out yet. And then the last one is they just move Huntsman to the end of the night. So wow. Yeah. Um, I'd rather watch Big Fat Greek Wedding too. Oh, I'll talk about boss. it later. <laughs> And then, uh, as for Film on the Rocks, uh, got started last week with Purple Rain. So, uh, this week they are moving on to Greece, this thing along. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And they have, uh, the band lineup pre show is Lizzie plus Megan Burt and The Cure for Love. And, uh, yeah, Film on the Rocks, go to denverfilm.org to get your tickets. Cool. Yeah, denverfilm.org. And, um, yeah, that's it. Um, Miracles from Heaven came out on March 16th. So that's time means they could program Batman Superman. That's like <laughs> eight weeks. I was close. <laughs> and when I clicked on, uh, online, it actually showed the, uh, drive-ins, the only place showing it right yeah. now. Huh. Yeah. He doesn't like it either. Yeah. Kellen's like, <laughs> your son was making fun of it from the other room. So, you uh, know, in our show, oh, go sorry. ahead. I was going to say, in their defense, it's been very, like, adult-oriented movies for a few, and there's, like, tons of comments of, when are you going to do a children's movie? Well, that's, well, they're probably waiting until they get out, and then now sure. it's probably going to start, you know, yeah, yeah, playing tour more, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, we kind of went away from the segment, but I have to talk about it. Uh, you know, I only do it too often, but here's some comic books I want to talk about. Big mistake. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark, and Hamlet is taking out the trash. No one's going to tell this sweet prince good night. To be or not to be. Not to be. for sure you were going to talk about video games well i will because that's what i've been watching this week (laughs) um (laughs) good me too uh no i so i've been so so busy um trying to get a job getting a job that i only doing a job yeah uh i've only been reading really spider-man as they've been coming out and so this week I've been catching up on my Buffy, the Vampire Slayers. Ooh. So I read, I don't know, 14 issues in a row. <laughs> and uh, season 10 is really good. Christos Gage does such a great job of capturing the characters. Um, and issue 18 is the one I'm going to focus on just because uh, it's not like there's a, it's a huge bombshell of an ending or anything. The basic premise is so Buffy is dating Spike again and they need Angel's help. And so when Angel shows up, there's that tension that they have and uh, they end up, you know, dispensing of the big bad. And Angel has this three page conversation with Willow at the end. And Willow 
basically asks him, she said, you know, are you going to be okay? And Angel says, yeah, because they're never going to work out. And he goes on to explain how um, the difference between immortals and mortals is the immortals never change who they are and the the mortals keep on changing. Hmm. Um, and you can see it throughout this Buffy story that they're kind of stuck in the past. And it's a really great I can't I'm not doing any justice, but it really hits the characters on the head. And it, it ends with Angel just like walking away. Hmm. And saying that he doesn't, he knows it's not going to work out, and he knows they're going to be unhappy. And that's a double-edged sword, though, because that also means that he, he can't. He be knows that they can't be together. Exactly. To see that's, that's why cool. it's so brilliant. And yeah. uh, I tweeted him that because I just thought it was so head. He hit the nail on the head with that. Um, the characterization of Angel and Spike, uh, because the whole issue too is. Buffy goes into Spike's mind because he thinks he's killing people, but it's just like this demon who makes him believe it. Yeah. And she sees things that she doesn't want to see about Spike. And the way he sees her is in a different way than he sees everything else. It's really fascinating. Um, so it's a really well-written comic and everybody should definitely check it out. If you're a Buffy, the vampire slayer fan, because I, I think season 10 has been really good at just telling the story um, of the characters, not necessarily focusing on, the supernatural and right. things like that. I, I mean, there's some issues where they don't even fight anything. It's just them talking and it's uh wonderfully drawn, obviously by Rebecca Isaacs. Uh, just, just a great, great series. So definitely check it out. Very cool. I, I had fun reading it. Awesome. And this is the stuff we've watched this week. Jesus. Oh no, no, we're not ready for you yet, sir. Will you please go back out? Wait with the others. Grace, do me a favor. Let's just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? You ready? Okay, come on. You know the setup? Got any questions? He's got no questions. Look at him. Let's go. Come on. Let's read. Where is he? Where's Raphael? Where is he? Where is he? Um. Uh, beat up on me all night. You want me to give up my partner? You can go spit. Quit acting like the good guy jerk off. You got your partner killed. He was in over his head. You knew it. You may as well have pulled the trigger. You killed him. No, I, I didn't. I didn't kill him. He wanted in. Why? I didn't want him to come in. And he insisted. I said, "You got to stay at home." But he doesn't listen. He's such a stupid son of a bitch. Uh, I killed him, didn't I? See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. The studio. Brando, put this in the pouch to LA and get me Gabe Perry on the phone. Brad, what'd you watch this week? A whole bunch. God, Good. Why did you go to him first? You know we just want to talk about Uncharted. I know. But God damn it. <laughs> well, you guys can just talk about it and I can... If you, it, no, 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 go I ahead, I can take a Brad. break later. <laughs> uh, so, I went to the drive-in on Sunday and I only went to the second half, so I jumped in on, I assume, halfway through Fat Creek, Big Fat Creek Wedding 2. <laughs> And, Did you uh, need to see the first half? No. I didn't need to see the second half. I could not wait for Keanu to start. I was just like, oh my, how much longer is this shit? One of those um, movies? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. It's, it's just like, hey, here's a bunch of us doing celebrating Greek culture and being it's, Greek it, and stuff. It and seems like it's like an hour and a half sitcom. You now, know what I mean? Oh. What? Now, it was a sitcom, and it was one of the oh, worst Oh, that's sitcoms. right. I forgot it oh, became it a sitcom. Oh, so bad. And they, like, yeah. When I saw the trailers for it, I like it just looked like it was a sitcom. 
not like, but like a bad sitcom. Not yeah, like you the, know. the jokes were all sitcom jokes. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Now, but to be fair, are you a guy who liked my Big Fat Greek Wedding one? I never saw the original, so oh. I already didn't have like an in sure. <laughs> for the movie. So okay. I just came yeah. in, and all I saw was uh, Nira Vardalos. Uh, I think she was separated from the guy she married in the original movie. Oh God damn it! But their daughter is going off to college. She has to decide between Paris and New York or just staying home, and then. Yeah. But we all worked we all worked so hard in the first movie to get them together why would you screw that yeah. up and then their grandparents apparently they never got married and like yeah it it looked like a movie that like would only be entertaining to people who really liked the first one and really don't give a shit yeah like see i saw the first one once and I don't remember it being that funny, but I know it's like a huge hit. It's it, it's very charming. It landed at the right time. Um, I think it's a really good, fun movie. Like I, I don't remember. I would about I would it. buy it and watch it. You know, I've seen it probably a dozen times in my life because I think it's really fun. Um, but it's not like it's not gold. It's, yeah. It's like oh, this is fun. This is a fun thing. I really like these characters. But every, everything that they tried to do to capitalize on it was always like not just subpar. It was always the worst it was like oh like when they made a tv show out of it i watched it and thought oh man i'd really rather be watching the worst episode of everyone loves raymond like, <laughs> you know like it was just really bad um but anyway that talk about keanu yeah whatever uh so then we finally got to keanu and it was okay for me mm -hmm. um i wish there was more cat <laughs> like it, like it starts out great, and then it kind of a good, you know, seventy percent of the middle of the movie is them just pretending to be drug dealers. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yes. I felt the same way. Like it's it's not a like a horrible movie, but it's just there. It's up and down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like some like Will Forte is really funny. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, what's her name from the scary movies? Uh, Neve Campbell. No, that's Scream. <laughs> the 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 famous girl they go to their house oh, the first Anna girl Ferris. Anna oh, Ferris. Anna yeah. Ferris. yeah that was good that was fun um well actually it's my least favorite scene in the movie except for when they reveal that it's actually supposed to be Anna Ferris yeah like that's the only good joke in that scene in my opinion but see, I, but see in that scene I actually liked when they were talking about George Michael in the van the van's yeah. good George Michael's the hardest motherfucker you know <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess I guess I'm separating the two scenes like yeah. the scene in the van is good yeah the scene in the house is not. But that's what except I mean. Except it, for Anna it, And then I, that's the George Michael. That runs long. Like, yeah, by exactly. The movie, yeah. Yeah. Yes. But then it's, yeah, then they keep on go calling back to it. Yeah. And they didn't need to, because when he's explaining who George Michael is to the drug dealers, it's fun. And then when he trips out and he's in the video, I'm like, meh. Yeah. It's just, um, it, all, it, all it does is say, hey, we couldn't actually get George Michael. Yeah. They sort of just cut that part out, because I do like to, you know, when at the end, when he's like, are you telling me George Michael had a father? <laughs> it's that stuff's funny right yeah but yeah and i like to uh he has a, a disease he's gonna be a kitten forever yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. something like that's funny yeah. but overall it's just you know whatever yeah. yeah it's 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 a fun funny movie that will be forgotten yeah right like you'll watch it every now and then on tv or you'll buy it for a dollar yeah <laughs> it'll be fine uh the next thing i saw saw was so I've been going through my Netflix queue and I'm, I've almost got all the movies cleared out. Like oh, no. pretty much wow. my queue is just television shows that, you know, I'll recruit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and one of those things I put on there was train spotting, which I've oh. had on there probably since I've had the account and never watched because like it, people praise it and didn't look that interesting, interesting to me. And I watched it and I was like, 
uh, it seems like people who like heroin would like this movie. <laughs> like, that's about it. Like, I didn't see what was so special about it. Interesting. I mean, yeah, the, it's interesting and a, a mid-90s edgy. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. I, again, yeah. I'm not the biggest Danny Boyle fan, so... He's not even like full D, like yeah, in that movie, like it's not. But it still has. But it's the it's the Danny Boyle that Ryan doesn't like, because it's it's druggy and trippy and weird, you know. Exactly. I wouldn't say it's that trippy. Like I haven't seen it. It's, uh, the no. editing is sporadic, like that's spastic. Right. But... It's spastic, and that's that's the Danny Boyle I don't like. Yeah, I, right. I like when he tells us well, as straight a story as he possibly can. Even yeah. uh, my I love Twenty Eight Days Later. But that scene where he has uh, Killian Murphy tripping out and stuff, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. Mm. And then the end is frustrating because I'm mm. like, oh, it's finally going to get to something good. Like when he gets the money, I'm like, oh, the plot's really going to take off and not just be people hanging all the time, all the time. And then the movie ends. Yep. I'm like, oh, so what an odd, the hero wins. I did not that expect this, did not expect that from this movie. <laughs> you make it sound like a happy version of Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I yeah. like, I like the Danny it Boyle who ending. made Steve Jobs. Huh? What? I like the Danny Boyle who made Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Though Sunshine's got some of that stuff it you don't does. like, but it's f- still fucking amazing. Yeah. Man. Um. So yeah, that was like. Cool. Uh, then I saw Street Fighter at the Alamo. <laughs> with the they had the Mile High Sci-Fi commentary going over it. I was there at the same time, and there were a lot of people dressed up for Street Fighter, or at least yeah. uh, from what I saw. Like there was a dude who looked bored as hell considering the fact that he uh that he was dressed up in like this big muscly outfit like it was this fabric yeah, it was muscle one of the commentator guys yeah oh was it really yeah. oh funny um they were making jokes earlier about how like the guy who's ken is super skinny mm-hmm. but the guy who already has muscles is wearing the muscle suit <laughs> like harrison reigns apparently like works out and stuff um but yeah like watching the movie is great i yeah, it's, it has maybe you can answer parts. me this for me. I've I've always gotten into arguments. Is it Ryu or you? I always heard it was Ryu. Yeah, me too. But I've had. I, I swear, when you play the game, they say you win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never heard that. I don't know. I thought it was Ryu too. Um, but the experience is fine. Uh, again, it was like Howard the Duck, where they're like a about fifty percent good jokes, fifty percent. Okay. It'd be hard for me to watch a movie like that. And then the the other wor- the worst part of it is that it encourages the audience to talk. So mm-hmm. yeah, the pretty much my whole row was just like making their own commentary throughout the whole thing. Like yeah, that's okay. <sighs> and occasionally the host would call someone out. Um, but that was just like it's I, just, I enjoyed I, the movie. But when people are other like making their own shit, yeah, it, it it seems like that would lend itself to that kind of setting. Yeah. Though I tried to write some up, but then I was like, well. Like, it's a movie where people are already talking through it. Mm, like, right. Yeah. I just look like a dick. So, even though they know they're the dicks. Um, you are the then, one who is the Robert, dick. Do you remember Robert? From, like, our first year? He's a guest. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he was... He... No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to... <laughs> I know I don't I'm staring blankly. I don't want to admit that I don't remember somebody, but... He, he's, God. like, one of our first year interviews from Denver Comic Con, but... Uh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he got it for the Street Fighter trivia and just like annihilated his opponent. <laughs> he was nice. even like wearing a Street Fighter shirt I, to an advantage. Yes, I know. You're, I, sorry, I was thinking of like a guest on like a weekly guest, not a not a Denver Comic Con interview. Yes, okay, I, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he just like destroyed Robert, Robert Workman. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, he's cool. The, yeah. The, the, the question was just like name Street Fighter characters from the games like throughout history. <laughs> and, and that he guy writes like, for video game or writes yeah. you know video games journalism for a career. So he like yeah yeah the other guy <laughs> like five in he was just you know already like uh <laughs> so that's funny. But they walked away with t-shirts. Cool. Yep. And then uh the last thing I've been watching. I almost watched the all 12 episodes before my internet dropped out uh is Maria Bamford's Netflix show called Lady Dynamite. Hmm. What? <laughs> Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Yeah, it's new. Is it related to Black Dynamite? Cuz if so, I'm in. The intro is cuz it's like her it's like that 70s It's like a, it's like ladies black boy, black exploitation. Yeah, but the the main show is just like a surreal version of her real life so oh. like it's based on her being a comedian living in los angeles oh, and trying no. to get gigs but um like i wish like this is the web series i would like to make because it's so like serious and bonkers at the same time yeah like uh like halfway through a scene like her and the other characters will just be lambs doing the dialogue like they'll just switch out <laughs> animals <laughs> with them and um it's like they're just like filthy dialogue um like kids swearing and stuff and calling like their yeah. dad a cocksucker and stuff like that <laughs> it's yeah sounds um, like my kind of show yeah it's i the first episode i was like okay this is weird and that, totally something i, ex- I expect for, for someone who's known for being bipolar mm-hmm. and then uh i think by episode five when you finally settle into the overall plot of the structure of the show uh, it gets actually a little less weird but um and there's like tons of famous like Pat Oswalt's in three episodes. Cool. Um and it's like like a lot of cutaway gags sometimes and just general weirdness. Um on top of a story of where she's like trying to deal with being socially awkward and stuff. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah, highly recommended. Cool. cool. Yeah, very cool. Our type of humor. Yeah. Is that it? That's it for me. So, all right, I'm gonna uh, go. Ryan, how good is Uncharted? Oh my gosh, I've I've made it to chapter thirteen. Okay, I was my first question was gonna be, are you done? Did you beat it? Hell yeah, that's awesome. I so first of uh, first and foremost, uh, the game is stunning. Yeah, there there's parts where you look over in cities, and I don't know how far you can look out, but. Uh, it's all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and what's cool about the way that it's designed is that sometimes when you're looking across the whole landscape, you know that in an hour or 20 minutes or whatever, you're going to be playing over there. Exactly. And it's going to look like that space you can see. see. What I loved about it, too, is uh, what I like about it uh, as much as I have played is it's really gone away from the action. Yeah, it has. It, it, it slowed it down, but it focused on him being an explorer. And I think it's so cool. And... I'll be honest. I th- I think the it's so it's a, it's a fun storytelling element. The J.J. Abrams where they show you almost well I don't know uh, they show you a, a part towards the end and then they oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they flash yeah. back right um, because you know you're starting uh, the the game starts where you're what's funny uh, is when you said the J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. I actually thought I wonder if he means that thing where you start in the middle and then you flash back to two days earlier yeah. and then like <laughs> oh yeah that's totally what he's talking about yeah so. You know, you start off on this boat chase and it's giving you, you no know, basic, uh, control options. Yeah. But it's um, epic and cool. Oh yeah. On the sea. And then you cut back and, uh, he's, you know, salvaging and it's, here's what's so and great. It, it becomes this very character driven game. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a whole sequence where he's fucking doing paperwork or, yeah. or you realize how 
between between the the toy gun sequence and dinner, dude, it's one of the best movies of the year. Oh, like like it's so well written. Because I've said for a long time that Elena is the best written video game. Still, uh, uh, still, uh, woman in video games. Hundred percent true. Still, like, uh, uh, we should say spoilers big time. Yeah, I, I'm only gonna talk to where I got because I don't want to know anything that happens. Oh, dude, I wouldn't. I will just tell you that as a guy who absolutely loves the, these games and these characters, they 100 percent do right by me. Sweet, like, beyond because my expectations. Here's the thing. So, so Drake is working as um, a salvager, yeah. and what's great about the performance by Nolan North is you can tell. That he is not happy, even he, though he's like he's saying he he's is. He's saying he is. That that conversation between him and Elena is amazing, especially because you also Emily Rose does a good job of giving this impression that like she she really genuinely cares about him and about mm. him being happy. She doesn't want him to just be a salvager. She wants him to go find some adventure in her life, and you get this impression that like. She probably isn't really happy either, right? Like exactly. there is, there's this genuine, and I don't know, I've never been married, but like they have this great relationship where they are honest with each other, but the problem is them not being honest with themselves about what exactly. they want. Exactly. And that's what such a, it's such nuanced performances <sighs> because, uh, so you start off and you, you're with your brother and you shipwreck. Then it goes to Nate salvaging. Then yeah. it goes to you find out what happened to his brother, how he was killed. Mm-hmm. And that, too, is a great scene. And you're playing all these sequences. Yeah, so you go back to being at an orphanage, just things you've heard about yeah. throughout the series. And um, it, it's it's just a stunning piece of work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's not bearing the lead. Uh, you already know that his brother comes back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that scene where he's up in his attic and he's looking at you know oh i remember this and i remember finding those things in the earlier games and uh you know he's messing around with a toy gun so i'm like oh does he have a kid now does he have a kid and uh so you know he goes down there and he ties that dinner with elena and they have that great scene did you beat her high score on crash bandicoot of course not Uh, she's good at that game (laughs) I, did you? I did. <laughs> uh, but see, I only ever like I've only played I've played it three times now. Um and I haven't I haven't beat it yet. But I'm not like making an effort to. Yeah, I've always um, been really good at Crash Bandicoot, so oh, yeah. I like immediately got right back into it's it. It's the analog control it's the it's, it's the D pad that I'm like, oh this is terrible. It's definitely I don't like different. this at all. Um, yeah. But you know, there there's just moments in it that um so eventually Nate lies to Elena and goes off with her brother because uh, his brother because he made a deal with a drug dealer that to find this pirate's gold that yeah. they've been searching for their whole life yeah. and there's a scene with sully where after they lift this cross and they're sitting down and nathan goes and calls elena and he's he says uh oh, what is sully says when it's the scene where he tells he tells him like hey you're you're fucking this up yeah you're messing him you, up you're supposed to be watching out yeah, for your brother he, and you're actually hurting he's him. like hey he can take care of himself and he sully says someone needs to take care of him yeah you're like oh sully knows yeah because sully is fuck this is why david o russell is the biggest piece of shit on the planet <laughs> sully is nathan and like he's nathan if nathan didn't get elena like mm-hmm. if nathan just stayed in that world he would have turned into sully and Sully is also his dad, right? He is that father yeah. figure that Nate, Nate never has had. And so, like, that scene is so genuine, especially in, in, in the context of now you have this brother who never had that figure, didn't have someone looking out for him, 
Um, and it's sad too, because you can, as you're going through it, and there, here's the thing is that I think is conveyed so well, not only through the performance, but also this sounds silly, but the way Nate's animated. Oh, yeah. Is you can tell he's not quite into it. Right. You know, uh, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to lie to Elena. Right. He, do, he really doesn't want to do this. And honestly, I'm not far enough in it, but I still don't trust his brother at all. Right. And, uh, there, so big spoilers. My favorite moment in this whole game so far is when they come back to their hotel after they escape on that super sweet like chase where he's like being dragged behind the uh trucks yep and elena's waiting for him uh-huh and because i was just the thing you just said i was like oh, i don't think you're quite right there like he eventually gets to a place where he's very into it again and that's what kills him in that scene exactly he walks in exactly she sees the look on his face and goes fuck you yeah like really you <laughs> are 100 percent back See, and the sad thing is is you because I, I haven't got far enough, but there's a longing in my heart mm-hmm. because the way that ends mm-hmm. and the part I'm at is chapter 13 called Marooned. And it's right after they crash the boat. And that's what I mean. It seems like he's not into it. And he's realizing as he's doing it that maybe he made the wrong choice. And I can't I can't tell you how the animation of the character conveys that. But it does, and Nolan North's performance uh-huh. conveys it totally, totally. Yeah. I can't wait to, and so, the, and I'm going to say one last thing. I'll let you go. Um, my little boy now comes. This is 100 yeah. percent true. He picks up the controller and says, "Games, Daddy, games." <laughs> and I'll turn on Uncharted. He'll sit and watch me play it for hours. That's awesome. And uh, this game's really long. I I can't believe how long the chapters are. Uh, I think chapter eight is uh where you're running through the city and uh with the getting the pirate stuff i i swear it's like three hours long mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome oh yeah so i mean yeah. you can elaborate more if you'd like it but no don't i mean i for me. i'm <laughs> i'm very excited to talk to you about it next week when you're probably done um yeah because what they do in this game is amazing and from a story and character point of view, some of the most impressive work I've ever seen in a video game. Well, no, it is the most impressive yeah. work I've ever seen in a video game. Um, what this game sealed for me, though, is, you know, Uncharted, since the f- first time I played the first one, has been one of my favorite video games. Oh, yeah. Honestly, after playing four, there's this, in my life, there is this sort of pantheon of my favorite things. And it includes, you know, Lost and lock and key and indiana jones and honestly with this game fucking uncharted is there now and here's the like, thing too. You know, uncharted is one of those most beloved things on the shelf that i just uh, it's for me i don't give a shit how other people feel about it it is one of the best things i've ever had in my life it is so well written and those characters are now like so close to my heart um <laughs> i i adore it here's the thing too is just like the last of us which i don't think needs a sequel no to me I, I, i'll take a sequel as long as it has none of those characters yeah in it. Here, here's the thing with uncharted i feel as i'm playing this game that um it's okay if it's nathan's last adventure um i i don't know if it will be but i can see that the the character you know what i mean like his story's been told. I can't even look at you right now. So <laughs> we should move on. I mean, not that I, I, uh, w- I would always play another one. I'm not saying I would, oh, yeah. but oh, I'm yeah. just saying it's a, it's so far, it feels like a, a good ending to 
their this the first part of Nathan's adventure. They do a very good job. Okay, uh, cool. So, uh, movies wise, I don't know if you remember James. About a month ago, maybe uh, there's a movie that came out called Stung, and it was the oh, ultimate yeah, the buzz B kill. movie. Yeah, so I got it because it's a Scream Factory, and it was on sale for like seven ninety nine. Sure. Amazon always runs Scream Factory sales every once in a while, and when they do, I'm like seven ninety nine. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's the thing: is it's actually not bad. Uh, it has practical effects in it. And practical so, bees. Yeah. So the story is: is it's a caterer uh, and a bartender go to this party that the mayor is played by Lance Henriksen, and they go to this party at his chateau or some I don't even know uh, where why they go there, but they're basically catering this party. Sure. While they're there. These bees get mutated or wasps. And when they sting you. How do they get mutated? I forget. I know they show you, but I forget. Okay. Um, I, I've been working a lot. Um, sure. But anyways, they get stung and they like go inside of you and they come out as like giant wasps. Oh, what? And so it's like these huge, like, uh, practical wasps. And it's pretty impressive. That's cool. And they show, uh, like people being ripped apart practically. Um, obviously when they fly at CG, but you know, when they're moving around and attacking people, it's all practical. So it has really cool makeup effects in it. Um, it's also kind of like offbeat and quirky. Yeah. So it doesn't ever take itself too seriously. Um, that idea is a lot cooler than what, you know, you see the cover and you just think like, oh, it's a movie where a swarm of, of, you know, Africanized bees. Yeah, see, kill that's, people. Their, that's a real poster. Yeah. So that's they, cool. So they commissioned one. How for, big do they get when they come out of you? Uh, Are they like, like the size, size of a cat? Oh, they're like, they're yeah. like people. Yeah. Oh shit, that's cool. And there's this bat, like, Lance Hendrickson, when he dies, he gets stabbed over and over in his abdomen, so he keeps on pulling away, there's like guts pouring, it's pretty awesome. Uh. Cause you don't get too many practical effects, you have to like practical effects stuff, and that's the main selling point for this movie. When is it from? Uh, you know, I forget, it's like some, uh, last German. 10 years or 15 oh, years? Oh no, it's like last year. Oh, okay. So, wow. uh, it just like, uh, festival circuits. Sure. So, most people saw it this year when it came out. Um, but it's done by a, these, uh, German guys and it, they're actually, they're, they have a funny like interview on it and cool. they said, yeah, we just wanted to see blood and guts and do it practically. Uh, and it's, it's cool. I mean, is it like a great horror film? No. Um, do they take it seriously? No. And they, but they have fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, like, uh, the ending is the, they think they kill the last of, uh, spoilers, <laughs> the, the wasp and they have this part where the, man and chick start like making out and they're gonna like fucking ambulance and the ambulance driver walks by he's like the fuck and he starts closing the door and then you hear a cowbell and the wasp have like gone into the cows and so they're like giant cow wasps and that's like the end of it i'm like all right i'm down um so it's pretty fun um i tried to make a promise that i was going to finish my comic book movie binge but i got really busy with work and i only got two of them done sure um but i finally saw big hero six oh you didn't see that no and that movie is amazing yeah uh it's stunning man um and it's you know watching it you just it's really good the movie is wonderful yeah um and and you can see why it's super popular very well done uh the part where um baymax is flying with a hero on the back is some of the best animation i've ever seen um just the colors and the the movement and everything going on because when you saw the trailers for some reason i think disney doesn't do very well on their trailers for their animation because probably they're trying to sell to kids and i don't give a shit yeah. um but when you watch them just like zootopia when you watch it it's they're stunning yeah um and you know baymax is super cute in it um 
and the story is like pretty heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just wonderfully animated and it's a wonderful film. Uh, it's, it's like one of my list of shame movies. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad I saw it. Um, yeah. Uh, even the part where <laughs> at the end where they go into like that portal to save, uh, the doctor's daughter. Yeah. And Baymax explains to him that he can save him. And he does, and oh, it's like heartbreaking. And then he leaves in his hand a little Baymax uh, memory. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. It's really good. Uh, Yep. I also need a sequel. It does. I saw a movie called Straw Dogs, which is that's the rape movie. Yeah, it's James Marsden and Kate Bosworth. The remake. remake. Okay. Um, not the Dustin Hoffman. No. Uh, and this one, yeah, it's it's not really a horror or a thriller. It's more of a drama about if. If I were to classify it, it's about a pacifist who gets pushed to the edge. Um, and James Woods is in it. Uh, there's actually like really a lot of really good actors in it. Um, anyways, James Marsden and Kate Bosworth are a married couple. He's a writer for a TV show and she was a star of it. And so the show got canceled so he can still write. So he moved back to her hometown of Jackson, Mississippi, where she dated like the high school football star. And now he's like a roofer who's fixing their roof on their barn. And he's, you know, like this Hollywood pretty boy type who doesn't like to get mixed up. And with Is it Tarzan? It's the dude yeah, from True Blood? Yeah. yeah. It's Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. yeah. He's like super tall. <laughs> Holy shit, that dude's big. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so the whole movie is him trying to win back or like flirt with Kate Bosworth and, um, you know, James Marsden's character is like, you know, just that's not get, cause trouble. And then uh, eventually they're pushed to an edge and the violence goes over the top. And it's actually a pretty well-made film. I mean, it's not like a great film, but I don't think it, it's not bad, mm. but there's nothing on it. It's like, Oh, you should really watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the movies. It's like, meh. It was one of those, uh, two ninety nine Blu-rays. I'm like, I'll try it, whatever. And now I'm like, eh, I'll trade that one. in. Have you ever seen the Dustin Hoffman one? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, it, and that one's better, better because okay. it's just, it's in that era where the grittiness works better. Sure. Um, this one is, uh, there's some character choices that I don't understand. Um, who's the dude who plays Dracula and Blade Trinity? I forget his Keanu name. Keanu Reeves. Uh, Dominic something. <laughs> um, he plays like a Boo Radley character. Now what sets everybody off is he, the cheerleader who's a daughter of James Woods, who used to be a football coach. He like kills her on accident, I guess. He like mice of menzer. Yeah, exactly. Like he puts her his hand over her mouth and she dies. So, but this is <laughs> when you after. Describe it like yeah. that. <laughs> so, but before that, that's when Kate Bosworth is raped by um, Alexander Skarsgård's character and his friend. And she doesn't tell her husband. She doesn't go to the police. What? So it's weird. You know what I mean? Oh. So I don't like character choices like that. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't make any sense in real life. Um, the whole time you're watching the movie, are you just like? Man, Kate Bosworth, you need to eat a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, cause her head's too big. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> she's just, she's, she's just way too thin now. Yeah. And it's weird. So, so on their way home from the football game, they hit the Boo Radley guy and they put him in the back of his car. And then James Woods goes looking for him and they all show up with shotguns and they want him down. And then it turns into like a bloodbath. Yeah. And it's whatever. It's okay. That's all I could say. It's, right. it's all right. Uh, and the last thing I watched was, I remember seeing this a long time ago, Tank Girl, um, with Lori Petty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a comic book movie, Tank Girl. Um, and then it, it takes, it's like Mad Max. It takes place in the future and the whole world is like 
lost all the water. So if you have all the water, you have the power. The uh, villain's played by Malcolm McDowell. And uh, his invention is it is he sticks like this syringe in you machine. It sucks all the water out of a person's body. Awesome. <laughs> so you can drink. It's really over the top. That's cool. Um, it's cut with like comic book art in it. Um, it's actually not that. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, the costume designs are by Catherine Head uh, Hardwick, who went on to do, be a director. The first Twilight guys. Oh, yeah. um, but she also did a couple other things and she has a really cool interview on it's a shout factory so the blu-ray is pretty nice um the movie's all right i mean it's it's fun I, i'm not a big fan of the director it's uh rachel uh talloway i think's her name talay uh, i forget rachel something but she also made freddy's dead which is the worst nightmare on elm street and you can tell she's not really the greatest director i don't like where she puts her camera mm. um but you know it's still fun and Lori petty's really good at it uh, so if you just want like a like a toned down Mad Max that's still rated R because there's there's cussing and nudity in it, um, you could do worse. Cool. Yeah, it's it's an all right movie. Um, so I just have to watch. Uh, what do I have left? Oh, I got the '95 <laughs> Judge Dredd, which I have to watch. Oh man! And uh, <laughs> I was waiting for it to be on sale on Amazon. Is like seven eighty eight the other day, and just one more, and then I'm done. Cool. because. Uh, I went back and I looked, and uh, Conan the Barbarian isn't classified as a comic book movie. Mm. Um, yeah, it's because it, it started off as science fiction writing. So, all right. But I also if you want to if you want to make excuses, <laughs> but I also cut out like Popeye. Um, sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Things that were comic strips. Yeah, Casper and things like that. So. Uh, 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 Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Honestly, I don't want you to watch those because of that. Just sounds like masochism. No, I mean, like, I I have them. I'll watch. I like the Conan. The, uh, Conan oh no, no. Movies, I mean, but... I I mean uh, Dennis the Menace or, oh. or Popeye. Like, Chris, I don't know. I've never seen the Popeye. It's all right. Is it okay? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but even with doing that, I think it's 124 comic book movies. Wow. I mean, you've come this far. Why wouldn't you go ahead and like? You should at you, least watch Conan. That, why are you sticking are... to someone else's list when it should just be your own? Oh no, I'm not sticking to anybody's list. I'm just doing research onto my classification of it. Yeah. And mine is it has to be a comic book, or uh, its origins yeah. are a comic book. And, and Conan the Barbarian technically didn't start that way. Yeah, it didn't yeah. start as a comic book. Okay. Just like that's fair. Uh, Dennis the Menace isn't a. Com- it's a strip. Yeah. Um. um Oh no! I I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, and then you have to watch Marmaduke and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. One of the ones. That so I I was gonna keep it to like superheroes and stuff, but then I'd have to leave out great stuff like Road to Perdition. Right, like which that. you definitely don't want to leave out. Yeah, yeah. So um. So hopefully I'll finish that article this week. Cool. Um. Yeah, that's what I watched this week. Sweet. Um. I saw I saw Hook at the Alamo, uh, with Dante Basco and the dude who plays uh Don't Ask, um, who's in James Medio. Yes, yes. Uh and um that was great. I uh it's been a while since I've seen Hook other than the fact I mean I I know I like Hook. Uh but watching it like with an audience um was an awesome experience. You know, you're in this room full of people who <laughs> who really like this movie. Um and uh so it was just really fun. I I I should I should write something significantly long about 
that movie and why you I think should, that movie is great. It, you're telling me that it's good doesn't. I think it's one of the. I think it's Steven Spielberg's worst movie. Oh hell no! I think it's one of his most personal films. I know you've said it, but I don't. Believe um, you. I, I I genuinely do. Okay? I know you do. I, I'm yeah. still waiting for the article writer. <laughs> you, you, you think um, 1941 is better? Uh, you know what's funny is I got that on Blu-ray because it was used at Trademark. I haven't seen it in so long that I have to watch it. But um, I'm one of those people I don't like Hook at all. Um, but maybe I have to watch it again. I think you do. It's. Do you remember how good Dustin Hoffman is in that movie? Oh no, I think Dustin Hoffman's great. He's in the film. he's terrifying and awesome. Um, but he's like, great. But then uh, the the Lost Boys I can do without. See, I I actually really enjoy that sequel. I mean, I think it is very like '90s over the top, and you know, like it's that mm-hmm. sort of aesthetic. Um, but I think the sequence, especially how good Robin Williams is in the. You know, of, of course, I'm going to bring up the scene, but the um, the food fight scene that, on its surface, is a very like silly sequence, but is actually this. It's this scene about him learning how to communicate with his children, um, because that's that's what the whole movie is about: is him learning how to talk to his his kids. Um, I was just wanting to punch his boy in the face. I don't know, the the boy is not the best. Like he's not a great actor, you know. But not every ca- not every kid is, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, I cut him breaks. I'm just saying, I just want to punch him. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, well, and part of the story of that kid is that like he's pissed because his dad's an asshole, and then he goes and makes these choices to become kind of an asshole, right? Like it, it, the the movie in me, the reason why I say I think it's it's possibly his most personal film um, is that. You know, it, I've talked many times about how, about fathers in, in Steven Spielberg's movies, right? And there is this whole story that I've seen him talk about in, in interviews. Um, right around the time that Lincoln came out, he, he talked pretty openly about this, that in his early films, um, fathers tend to be either absent or not good. Um, and that comes from the fact that when he was growing up, his, his, his parents got divorced and he always assumed that his dad had cheated on his mom. And so he, he carries a lot of that baggage into his films. Mm-hmm. Um, later in life, he learned that actually his mother had cheated. Um, and so he starts redeeming all his fathers and you start getting movies like Catch Me If You Can or War of the Worlds. Like you get these movies with good fathers in them. Um, Lincoln. You know, he, he started doing it, uh, uh, Bridge of Spies, which I watched this week. Um, and this movie occurs in a place where it's clearly in that earlier bracket where he's being very critical, but it also takes place at a time when he's becoming a father. And so what I realized watching it this time is that it's, he, he feels like he's the, he's, uh, Robin Williams at the beginning. He's really busy. He's overworked and he's afraid he's going to be a bad dad. Um, he wants to be Robin Williams at the end, but the whole time he's actually Rufio who just wishes he had a dad. Um, and like for me, like watching it this time, I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is kind of rough. Um, and I like watching that transition for Robin Williams of going and, and finding that, you know, like that, that story to me is really great. Like that scene when he's, uh, when he first gets to Neverland and his kids are all up in the net and he's reaching for them and he really could grab them. Like he could physically do it. But he just can't. Um, it's frustrating and, and hard. And anyway, um, so I really like it. I think it's great. Um, and there's some, there's some weird stuff in that movie that like, like his relationship with Tink and his relationship with old Wendy, who's played by, um, 
uh, uh, Maggie Smith, who in the last 25 years has not aged a day. She <laughs> was old as shit then, and she's way old as shit now. Um, it's insane. I was trying to do the math in my head while I was watching the movie. I'm like, pretty sure she's in her 90s now, so in the movie she's 70? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she looks the same. She just looked really old then. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think when she's the older version of Wendy, I think they have her in some makeup to make her look even older mm-hmm. because then she looks sort of younger in the young Because she has to be scenes. a grandma, really. <laughs> yeah. Like she's supposed to be in most of the movie, she's older, but yeah. then there's that flashback sequence where she's younger and she looks like Maggie Smith probably actually looked at the time. Um, maybe they did some makeup on her to make her look even younger, but mm-hmm. either way. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, the interview with, with, uh, the guys afterwards was pretty good. Um, not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. They, they were entertaining for sure. They had some good stories um, about. Yeah. And of course the Rob Williams stuff came up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, which of course it would. So. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up too, like I, as a kid, I even, I didn't enjoy the Lost Boys that much. Like that wasn't my favorite part of the movie, but everything else is so great. Yeah. That. Mm. Man. So you like AI more than Hook? <laughs> oh, you fucker. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, I need to watch AI again. Yeah. I've, I've been watching again, a lot I of like, it. my wife actually has both AI and Hook, so I can watch them both. This is really, I have to get up the, uh, wherewithal to do it. Can I remind you that he's the greatest director of all time? So even his worst movie is better than Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've never gone into a Spielberg movie and be like, this is complete shit. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's interesting. I've watched a, a number of video essays about AI recently mm-hmm. that are making me think I need to go. I haven't seen it since theaters and I hated it. Hated it. Um, I think I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, it's and then I have to watch it in standard definition. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, you got the full frame. Is it a DVD? It's a DVD. Oh god, fuck! (laughs) Don't don't do that. I'd rather you watch Popeye than watch a DVD. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a fucking terrible first world problem statement. But it's how I feel. Actually, I saw some lady today buying Winter Soldier on DVD. I'm like, they made that on DVD? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, obviously they did. And it, yeah. You know, the new DVDs actually don't look too bad. But Sure. Was the was it a Blu-ray of Hook that they showed us? Or was it? Because it, it seemed was fuzzy. Oh, I think it was like, I think that that, that might just be the conversion to, to like digital. It was it was definitely a digital projection. I don't think it was a Blu-ray. It was probably like a DCP. Um a DCP of a DVD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? It's 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 probably yeah. like the the digital version of a Blu-ray conversion of a movie that you know. Because I I have the Blu-ray. Steve should just call us. We'll get you the high def version, today, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same right. thing with Street Fighter this week. I was like watching, like God, it feels like it's cropped and yeah. the resolution is horrible. Mm, interesting. Like that could of, just be that that movie's shot like garbage. Um, <laughs> no, I have I have the Blu-ray. It's it's a lot better than what I saw. It's crisp. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, other, so other than that, um, only I've, I've watched a number of things. I rewatched both the Hellboy movies this week, uh, nice. just while I, like, in the background. Um, and those are more, f- like, I own them both, so clearly I like them. Um, but I had a lot of fun with them. I, yeah, I, they're fun, they're fun you know, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep, I, I thought I post them all. I watched those, I think, like, three or four weeks ago. They're, they're pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I think visually, uh, the Golden Army is pretty amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The story is not as good in the Golden no, Army, but, but it, like, it, visually it's pretty sharp. The, Honestly, it's worth it just for the Angel of Death. Like mm-hmm. the Angel of Death is so cool, and that sequence is so great that, and it doesn't make the plot wise. It doesn't make sense why they're there or what's going on. Yeah, sometimes or why the Angel of Death is there. It doesn't matter. Um, but whatever. Um, and then I also rewatched uh, Iron Man three. A because I didn't get a chance to watch it before. Um, 
before Civil War came out. Um, but also because I was sort of, I was sort of on a Shane Black kick. I was telling nice. Brad before the show, I think I need to go and like get his whole canon and rewatch yeah. all his movies. Um, and, uh, it's great. Uh, he's amazingly good at working with kids. Uh, and I'd forgotten about how great that was. And oh, I, I love that. Yeah. I guess you're just going to leave me here like my father left it's, me. It's cold. Yep. <laughs> it's cold out here. Is it, is it cold, 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 cold? <laughs> uh, and then the whole final, like, fight sequence, I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten about, like, what a, what a hype thing that was. Like, there's going to be a bazillion Iron Man at the oh, end of this movie. Impressive. And then it, yeah, that whole sequence is pretty awesome. Like, there were some of them I'd forgotten about. Like, there's one with giant, like, blades for arms and shit. Like, that's cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was good. That was really good. So uh, yeah, I think that's all I've watched. This is what's happening in the real news. You're welcome. For what? Did I miss something? Me saving your life. Yeah, A, saved you first. B, thanks, sort of. And C, if you do someone a solid, don't be a yutz, all right? Just play it cool. Otherwise, you come off grandiose. Unlike you... Admit it. You need me. We're connected. What I need is for you to go home, be with your mom, keep your trap shut, guard the suit, and stay connected to the telephone, because if I call, you better pick up. Okay? Can you feel that? We're done here. Move out of the way, or I'm going to run you over. Bye, kid. I'm sorry, kid. You did good. So now you're just going to leave me here? Like my dad? Yeah. Wait, you're guilt tripping me, aren't you? I'm cold. I can tell. You know how I can tell? Because we're connected. It's worth a shot. Brad, why don't you tell me why I'm not supposed to be mad at Ghostbusters? Uh, well, for one, uh, you haven't seen the movie yet, so... Amen. You shouldn't make a judgment call on it. <laughs> From a and if you if someone else tells you about how good the movie is, you should go see the movie anyway and never trust anyone's opinion, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So I still think another... visually, I think it looks really great visually. Did yeah, just, uh, that's the thing. James hasn't seen the I think second <laughs> international trailer. Did you watch it? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, gives you more story. The, there's does. more Chris Hemsworth jokes, which are really funny. Yeah, it seems like he's like turns out to be like the the. Uh, dana of this one dana's dana's the secretary right uh no well he seems like he gets possessed okay and he becomes yes 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 i guess the zool right yeah Uh, yeah he's he's pretty fun uh thank you carol for all my (laughs) spider-man gifts (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i just realized that was all in my bag um and thank you for hannibal (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome um yeah i i think visually i think it looks pretty amazing yeah um yeah i'm i'm I'll see it. Obviously, I'm, I'm excited see to see it. Sort of, you know, like I don't, I don't know that like the jokes are necessarily what, but the truth is, like, I don't know that I love the original Ghostbusters. But that here's much. the thing with like, uh, Paul Feig movies: I don't think his they use really the jokes that are in the trailers because I oh, know yeah. he does so many takes. Yeah, because all remember all his Blu-rays, they have the thing. It's the Jed Epitaph thing, Glinorama, right. where they have twenty different takes of every single thing they've done. Very true. Um, so. You know, it's funny is uh in Lady Dynamite, one of the gags uh Maria goes to Judd Apatow's office and she's getting called to do uh ghost maids. So it's a bridesmaids Ghostbusters <laughs> crossover. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird coincidence. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. 
But yeah, I, I think it, it it could be good. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Brad, I'm gonna let you choose. Do you want to do the good Star Trek uh piece of news or the bad Star Trek piece of news? Um, I don't know what the bad one is because I saw two good pieces of news this week. <laughs> That's the right answer. It was a trick <laughs> question. So, um, they, or at least this isn't necessarily official, but coming out of an interview with JJ Abrams, um, we haven't really talked about the lawsuit about over, uh, Axanar. Um, oh, so there's but two they pieces are, of news. <laughs> they are dropping that lawsuit. Yep. Um, we, we never really talked about it because honestly, like, if we talked about it when it was happening, I would have told you that those people, should have secured the rights before they did a Kickstarter and took people's money because it do, you you don't need to be outside the cave for 20 minutes to know that you don't have the rights to go make a movie about Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's a cool, fun thing that they were doing. And, and, and because it is such a fan driven community, it is something that like they should, they should just let this one slide. Um, but maybe, you know, they should also like make a backdoor deal and be like, Hey, we'll distribute this thing for you. If you give us like 50% of the profits. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, go like, yeah, go make a deal with Paramount and make some money. Like, if you do something good, if you don't do something good, then fuck off and I don't give a shit. Um, the uh, the other thing is we got a we got a new trailer. That's right. Yeah, two um, new trailers. Kinda. I think it looks fun. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I of course I do. Like, I, yeah, I like Justin Lin <laughs> and I like Star Trek. Um, the tough thing for me is that it's the same weekend as the 48 hour film project. So uh, no, I don't get there on Thursday. Oh, I have to wait. Well, oh, I'm sure you'll, uh, you, they showed a lot of movies like that on Thursdays a lot. Now they start at seven. But should I be staying up that late on the, th- <laughs> the day before? Yeah. We'll get the one at seven. Depends on how Hopefully. much you actually help me out. Alamo do a seven o'clock showing of <laughs> Star Trek beyond. We'll talk after this. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, one, one of the interesting things to me is, does anybody feel like the the beginning of this movie, the trailer, is actually the end of the movie, right? Like the whole us watching them build the Enterprise and all this stuff. Because we see the Enterprise get destroyed. So clearly the the dialogue there at the end where, or like, you know, Bones saying stuff like, you really want to go back out there? Like, that's the end of the movie. That's that's them talking post in, in the in the denouement about like, oh, we're rebuilding the Enterprise. And mm-hmm. it's totally the end. Of the, I'm just calling well, it. I think the part of Scotty it, like putting the the wire together might be just a scene from something other like oh might be yeah trying to restore the ship but um sure oh there's gonna be plenty of scenes of like them trying to rebuild stuff but i mean like there's there's stuff of there's like um there's the enterprise in a hangar actually being like dispatched yeah because when i first thought out it seemed like almost like star trek 3 where they're trying to steal the enterprise to go do something mm, i was like yes. that doesn't make sense if they're gonna get captured like it just seems like i don't know what they're trying to the whole story seems to be about them getting captured and the crawl has some vendetta against the Federation. Yeah. So I don't know what the catalyst is for Kirk to be like, Hey, let's go steal the enterprise before that even happens. Right. So that has, to, yeah, probably is the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, um, plus, plus there's a lot of dialogue in that trailer about like the, sh- it, it mentions the ship a number of times in this context of like, Hey, the ship is one of the crew members, you know? Um, so it means that there's going to be this sort of, you know, worship of the ship and how great it is and then it's going to die and then they're going to bring it back and it's going to be you know like well we can't do this without the enterprise that kind of there's going to be some of that nonsense in there um but either way i i think it looks really cool um i like the fact that it's a new villain and that it's a different kind of a story like all of the stuff that honestly people are complaining about is all the stuff yeah. i wanted <laughs> so um the internet this week man oh yeah especially in star trek like they're blowing up the ship again god yeah. it's like the fourth time like it's a reboot, so... Are you guys even paying attention <laughs> to the fact that, that it's written by Simon Pegg, a guy who really cares about Star Trek? Like, yeah. 
come on guys the original series destroyed a bunch of enterprises yeah like it's not that bad to get a new ship once in a while how many times does it get blown up in the in the next gen movies it's is it three times or just two uh it's just once but it gets pretty beat up in the last one because oh. in generations, it in generations, separates. it's totally destroyed. So they get E, but it's E throughout the rest of the movies. Oh, you're right. It doesn't actually get destroyed in First Contact. Yeah, it it doesn't. But but yeah, at the end of Nemesis, it's it's almost <laughs> it's mashed not with two there. ships. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, I would argue that if if Data doesn't make it out of that movie, then neither does the ship. Um. So yeah. All right. Spoilers. Hey hey <laughs> hey. I don't know what I'm... You're right. It's totally a spoiler. <laughs> the only thing is the, 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 the trailer, I thought the ending was kind of like... There was no... It just kind of petered off, and then yeah. the ship flies away. There's like no big like dramatic hook at the end like most trailers do have. Agreed. So that was probably the most baffling part. But. It, it feels like a better first trailer. Um, like it's a, it's a pitch. It's not like a call to action, right? Um, it doesn't have... Th- probably the third trailer will have like something at the end that's sort of that... Because what you need is that last trailer to be a you can't survive the summer without the seeing this in trailer. theaters. Yeah. yeah. Yes, actually. Yeah. Like your your Civil War trailer number two, where you have Spider-Man at the end, like that's the ace in the hole. You've got to see this movie, and this one doesn't have that yet. Yeah. But they have a captain's no, chair gag. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean it'll be it'll be fun. either way, I'm gonna see the movie, it's gonna be fun. Probably the best um, part is it looks like all the characters get equal purpose in the movie. It's not just a Kirk and Spock. Yeah, adventure. Right. Seems like everyone has something to do. Oh yeah, hopefully. Because yeah. her, uh, Sulu, and I guess even Scotty have been kind of right non-existent. Yeah. Um, Check off. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you see the Star Trek TV trailer? Uh oh, the little teaser thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and that the I, logo's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I like that they're using the original music. Y- you know my opinion. If as long as CBS stays I out do. of Brian I don't know Fuller's, if the listeners do. Well, I've talked about it before. As long as CBS stays out of Brian Fuller's way, that show's going to be amazing. Um, because I just finished Hannibal. It, it was really, really good. Uh, he's going to make a great character driven fun show. Um, that will probably be visually amazing, provided that CBS does not walk in the room and go like, you've got to do this and you got to do that. And, you know, we've got to, you know, tie this in with whatever. Like, no, like leave it alone. Honestly, I think if he's smart, it doesn't have an enterprise in it. It doesn't have anything to do with our characters. Like one of the things the the enterprise as you reboot this, this this series, if you want to avoid having the the universe feel very um very small, the longer you stick to the enterprise, the longer it's going to feel like there that's a restriction. Um once you get off into like DS9 and Voyager and you can start telling these other stories, that's when the universe starts to get bigger. Oh my god, and, are we still talking about Star Trek? Fuck. Yeah. And and the bigger the universe, the 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 more robust that universe, the closer it can be to like a Star Wars kind of thing where you can go you can go start making movies that aren't about the Enterprise. And that's where the money's at. Right? Go make just random ass, you know, suicide squad type Star Trek movies. Do it. A Klingon and a Jem'Hadar and <laughs> get together. And I didn't say get weird with it. <laughs> On one crazy adventure yeah. through space. Um, yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, there's there's a lot of cool stuff in that universe that you could do something with. Don't, you know, go be weird. You know? Especially when, when you've, like, rebooted the whole universe. Like, go be weird. You've got, now, now's your chance. So I've been saying, it's like, go make us original 
typecast movie, but incorporate, yeah, like a next gen storyline. Like they yep. have to battle Q or something. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine if the whole movie were just, you know, the whole crew sitting in a wheat field with some dude who doesn't speak their language and they have to figure out how to talk to him. Or they come across a ship called Voyager. Oh, dude. And it's not Voyager, yeah. it's Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Lost in the De- Delta system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of casting news this week. Uh, Jeff Goldblum and Carl Urban are both going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Um, so I, I only say this because I think it's weird that Jeff Goldblum is in a piece of casting news. Uh, you also news. forgot Kate Blanchett. Uh, oh, uh, I think, well, I guess we haven't talked about it before, but I think we knew that. Kate Blanchett and, uh, and Tessa Thompson, I think they had announced before, but yeah. I don't, I, like I said, I only talked about it because Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. uh, who I don't see in movies, period. <laughs> Did you see, uh, uh, Troy Baker do Jeff Goldblum. It's pretty amazing. Oh no. That there's sounds there's great. a video on IGN where Nolan North does an amazing Christopher Walken and then he does uh Jeff Goldblum and they're both pretty freaking amazing. Oh man. That's pretty good. He's talking about a chair. He's like, this chair has uh, only four, uh, uh, legs and, uh, yours, your, yours has two. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> Funny. I'll have to yeah. look it up. You should look it up. Yep. Um, Few, some weeks ago, I don't remember how long ago, but uh, we talked about this idea that Michael Keaton might be Birdman in Spider-Man Homecoming, um, and then that died, and now it's back again, and I'm I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, I, I was reading, I guess they really wanted, after he said he wasn't interested, and then they were looking at other people, then they realized they really wanted Michael Keaton. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we'll give you lots of money if you come be the vulture. Uh, I am kind of on, on, on board with that. Cause yeah, I think that him as the vulture might be awesome. Did you read the story about how he becomes a vulture? No. So there, I guess you could say spoilers, whatever. It's, if you read the whole article, it's in it. Um, so when the Avengers fought, what's that alien race in the, uh, the first Avengers? The Chitari. Chitari. Yeah, Chitari. The Tinkerer stole their, uh, their flying mechanisms oh. and he's harnessing it on Adrian tombs. Oh. So that's how he becomes a vulture and able to fly as the tinkerer makes, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's a great way to do yeah. it. Oh man. It's Good better thinking. than some old fucker who has a harness that makes him have super strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. and uh, Batman are trading villain actors. Yeah. Cause Batman's got, uh, God damn it. I just had it in my head. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons yeah. and uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, now yeah. You've got I think uh, J.K. J.K. Simmons has also said recently that he's, uh, and I don't know that there's actually a conversation here, but he did in an interview sort of say like, yeah, I don't know that I'm necessarily done with the Marvel universe. I really, I really hope they bring him back. <laughs> he's the only thing that they've lost through reboots that I'm like, oh man. He's so perfect as JJ. I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to think of anyone else doing it, right? Like, only person who got close actually ended up playing. Um, when I first saw this guy on, on House of Cards, I was like, he might be able to do this. Uh, like, just visually, he fits, but he ended up playing, um, Yellow Jacket in Ant-Man. Um, oh. but that guy, I, I, when I first saw him in, in House of Cards, I was like, he could be a young JJ. Yeah, you know? I still, uh, you know what? I think we should probably play this scene, um, from Spider-Man 2. Where JJ, uh, JJJ says, uh, gets talked by Ted Raimi. He's like, and Spider-Man's the only one who could save him. And he's like, he's right. He's nothing but a thief. I love that scene. All right. I'll see if I can find it. Hold on. Yes. Spider-Man was a hero. I just couldn't see it. 
He was a... A thief! A criminal! He stole my suit! He's a menace to the entire city! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I want him strung up by his web! I want Spider-Man! And that's why J.K. Simmons should be J.J. forever. Oh, he's so good at it. <laughs> um, In an interview... Oh, Shauna's calling me. Oh. Are they in town? Oh, Yeah, they oops. live here now. I, I totally just answered it and then hung up on them. Well... They'd, they'd get an apology if they ever listened to the podcast, but they probably won't. Um, <laughs> so, sorry guys, I didn't mean to hang up on you. Um, uh, intimate interviews, Shane Black talked about his idea for a script for Lethal Weapon 5. Sweet. I just want to say, I think they should just make Lethal Weapon 5. Hopefully could, they have a fight in the rain it, it's, and mud. It's been long enough, we should all forgive Mel Gibson. He's, he's an alcoholic. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> um... Uh, there's this big rumor that Daniel Craig turned down $100 million to play James Bond again. That seems like a lot of money for one movie. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like two or something. But yeah, still. it was, yeah, it was, it was a two film contract. But still, 45 million, 50 million That's bucks. That's like half of most budgets. <laughs> yeah. It, it flies in the face of Ryan's, uh, five year long argument that he would take any money to make well, any movie. To be fair. Me, I would. I'm not Daniel right. Craig, though. Yeah. To be fair, I think that Daniel Craig is, is probably making a mistake, but I also think that like he his not hey, he's trashed the series for the last couple years. Yeah, so. his his not being that's what I was gonna say is his not being passionate about it is part of I think why the last one wasn't yeah. as good. And it's something so, like Tom Hiddleston who really wants to be James Bond, I think you should let him do it. Oh man, that might be cool. Or Idris Idris Elba, mm-hmm. or make it a woman, a woman James Bond. Yeah, that was I, my idea. Emily Blunt, and not change the name. Still James Bond. I was watching I Creed. I was watching Creed yesterday, and I thought Michael B. Jordan. He could be James Bond. Yeah. I bet he could do a British accent. Come on. Does it have to be? British? I want somebody young. I want somebody really like go weird with it. I think it has to be British because like he's such a yeah. British icon that if you didn't like, they think the internet's bad now. <laughs> that's true the entire yeah, island guess, would just but revolt can you imagine if they made it a woman oh but, my god uh, sean connery Literally, isn't british either so and the hole a hole a hole would form in the bottom of the internet and all of humanity <laughs> would fall through it that'd be so cool like I, I that's see what would happen as james bond that would be great she would be awesome yep shut she up see her in edge of tomorrow oh dude she's could she that. could in the in the trailer for the james bond movie could she do that thing where she's like Lying on the floor, and then she like, like pushes kind of pushes. Yeah, yeah, she like does that push up thing. Yeah. Yep. Ah, uh, James Bond can in a pants suit at the beginning, turning and firing. Oh, that'd be sweet. Can we all? Can we all just go watch that scene from the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow? All right, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's good. all. That's all I needed. All right. Emily Blunt and Ian Fleming's is A.M. Fleming's James Bond in Gold Snatch. Oh, you, oh. <laughs> I was. Well, gonna... it's a gold heist, you guys. Uh. <laughs> God damn it! I was going to go with something more. Went to a gold-plated VJJ. <laughs> I was going to say go say something more subtle, like you know, the the back archer, because of that sequence that I was oh, just, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, if you want to go straight for that, okay. yeah, I was making up that joke before that clip. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right, great. Yeah, man, you want to watch it again? Let's watch it again. Hold on. Oh, dude, she's so pretty. She is. She's okay. awesome. All right. This, that's enough of that. Um, and this isn't news, but we're recording on Sunday. And we're recording early enough that I can get home. To watch something you never thought you'd watch. <laughs> In time to watch the, the, the premiere episode of Preacher. 
which is apparently going to be on television. Yep. Yep. Eggs on your face. People, people have already happened. been talking about it, so people have seen it, James. It exists. This is insane. <laughs> I was reading some of it last night, and the whole time I'm reading, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. There's just no way. You can't You can't put this on television. Did you watch the version where Seth Rogen plays all the parts? Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't pulled up and watched awesome. it when we're done. Uh, the trailer has the meat man in it. The dude who makes 16 foot tall women out of meat is going to be on television. Yep. The hell is going on? Yep. Anyway, that is news. Hey, what's coming out on Blu ray? Get in here! <laughs> hey, oh, okay. No bullshit. You want to kill yourself? Oh, for Christ. Shut up! Yes or no? You want to die? Yes or no? How? I got the job done. What the hell do you want? You didn't answer the question. Oh, what do you want to hear, man? Do you want to hear that sometimes I think about eating a bullet? Huh? Well, I do. I do. I even got a special one for the occasion with a hollow point. Look, make sure it blows the back of my goddamn head out. Do the job right. Every single day I wake up and I think of a reason not to do it every single day. And you know why I don't do it? This is going to make you laugh. You know why I don't do it? The job. Doing the job. Now that's the reason. You want to die. I don't, I'm not afraid of it. I ain't afraid of it. Take my gun. Don't nibble on the barrel. Pull the trigger. Go ahead, pal. Be my guest. Go ahead if you're serious. You should tempt me, man. Put it in your mouth. Bullet might go through your, your ear and not kill you. Yeah, under the chin. Yeah, 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 under the chin. Ow! You're not trying to draw a psycho pigeon. You really are crazy. I'm hungry. I'm going to go and get something to eat. The Finest Hours, which is the Chris Pine movie that I don't remember. It's like the Life, the Coast Guard rescue movie. I haven't seen it either, but it kind of went away. Okay. Speaking of winning away, uh, or going away, Risen, um, which was pretty good. That was It's one of those Christian movies that I saw, and I was like, hey, this is all right. Um, so now is your chance if you want to see... Joseph Fiennes Risen. Zoolander number two. They went with number two for the cover. Um, the Magnum edition. Did I like that? I think I liked it. I didn't see it. Oh. Neither of you saw it? No. Where was I? <laughs> and why did I see it if you didn't see it? You were at a theater watching Zoolander, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, I was going to try and catch in the Dollar Theater, but I just didn't. Yeah. I'd... It's all right. I remember laughing at a lot of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, How to Be Single, which has Alison Brie in it, so that's worth watching. Um, call the Midnight. Call the Midnight. Call the Midnight. <laughs> call the Midwife Season 5 is getting its Blu-ray release this week. So there you go. Um, Scott Bayo's Zapped. Oh, yeah. 80s comedy classic. They have the scene where you see uh, the lead actresses naked. But it's a body double, and she has different colored hair. <laughs> Me and my, my friend Brandon used to laugh at it all the time. Wasn't there another movie recently that you said did the same thing that you watched? Probably. I watch a lot <laughs> of shit movies. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, I like the tagline for this. An A-plus comedy that makes the grade. 
That's that's dog shit. Yeah. That fire that marketing person right right now. Um, Manhunter is getting a Scream Factory release, which yeah. is ironic since like literally a week ago I said that that Brett Ratner did this better. Um, <laughs> I heard it's an interesting movie. They just oh, reviewed have you never it on, seen it? No, they it's, reviewed it on Blu-ray.com. They said it's okay. It's exactly like all of Red Dragon, except that all the choices are not made quite as well. And it's um, 80s style. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. It's Synth it's Michael stuff. Mann. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and it's got the dude from from the Substitute NCSI in it. Uh, you know that guy, Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah, yeah. that's the director. Will, will, no, <laughs> William Peterson. Yeah. William Peterson. There yeah. you go. Um, I don't know. I don't watch CSI. Yeah. You know, Gris- Grissom. That guy. Uh, and then there's a movie called The People That Time Forgot. Nice. Uh, which is weird looking. I don't <laughs> even know how to describe what I'm looking at. Uh, there's some dude with a shovel and he's fighting off some Neanderthals with a, with a pretty lady next to him. And Sweet. it's based on a Edgar Rice Burroughs story, of course. Sounds about. <laughs> because it's a white, because it's about white men beating up savages. So mm-hmm. of course it's about Edgar, Edgar, by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, the seventh continent, a lost world shut off by a wall of ice, roamed by beasts unknown to science, Ruled by men, lost to it history. Be the continent? Doomed by yeah. do, no, no. I think it's about Antarctica actually having like. Oh, okay. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, <laughs> doomed to vanish in a chaos of leaping flames. So I think they go to Antarctica. They find a jungle full of Neanderthals, and then they burn it the fuck down. Nice. That's what I just read. Nice. There's so, jungles in Antarctica. Uh, dude, yeah, Edgar that's where the Savage Land and Marvels from. That's true. That is true. Um, anyway, that's DVDs. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw... You're totally skipping the fan mail this week? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was even going to bring it up at the DVD part. Is there a way we could just edit this into the front of the show? No, whatever. Okay. <laughs> no, I meant to bring it up... It's Henry. At, who gives a shit? No, I meant to bring no, it up at the, the, the oh, Blu-ray it? part. No, we only have one. Kevin and Henry. Well, Kevin just asked when we we're going to put up the Civil War. We should War. let everyone know where the Civil War episode is because it's not easy you to You just find. want to publicly shame me. That's all it is. <laughs> um, uh, cool. So Henry wrote, hey, nerds, thought I would write to you and as you had a question last week's episode that I thought I would clear up. Last week, you guys understand why the witch was promoted as Vivich on the posters and such. The reason behind this is back in the mid-17th century, most typefaces did not have a W block. Because of this, whenever the letter was needed, it was spelled with two Vs. Some say this is why some cultures pronounce the W's as V's as well, although that is not widely accepted. The choice to promote the witch as Vivich is a, was a stylistic choice to keep with the time period of the film is set in. Just thought you guys would know, as I was also confused for about it for a while. Hope you guys like the film this week. Thanks, Henry. I knew that. Cool. I just want to show off that I'm smart. Um, That's why, like, also when you look at some old documents, I think it's S- I think it's F's that look like S's. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's the same kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so we got an email from a gentleman named Kevin. He said, hey, guys, love the podcast. Just wondering if I missed missed it or did you not do a Captain America Civil War review? No, it's just that James is bad sometimes. Okay. Um, also, Kevin, if you want to know if we have interviews with celebrities <laughs> that haven't been put out yet, yes, we do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just saying. Get on it. Okay. Or show me how to do it and I'll fucking put it up. Okay. God. Damn it. <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw The Nice Guys. Brad, should people go see Nice Guys? Absolutely. One of the best movies of the year. 
James, should people go see The Nice Guys? Absolutely one of the best movies of the year. Ryan, should people go see The Nice Guys? Absolutely, Absolutely one, one of the, the best, best movies, movies of the, of the year. year. Here's a tra- uh, the Red Band trailer for The Nice Guys. Hell yeah! <laughs> Equanimity, quality of being calm. Who is it? Messenger service. Even tempered. <laughs> March, we're gonna play a game. I think you're in the wrong house. We called shut up unless you're me. I love that game. You're a private investigator? Just 20 bucks in there, all right? Just take it. No, I'm not here for that. I'm a messenger. Give me your left arm. No! Yeah, come on. No. When you're talking to your doctor, no. you tell him you have a spiral fracture. No! Deep breath. I'm not in the yellow pages. If you got trouble with someone, you might ask around for me, Jackson Healy. I work for the Department of Justice. My daughter, Amelia, is in danger. Please find her, protect her. March, Jack Healy. I'm not here to hurt you, so I'm gonna ask you a question. No. How stupid do you think I am? I got a license to carry, dumbass. And ever since your little visit, this little baby's gonna stay right here. Don't move. There's a couple of people I trust say you're pretty good at this. I want you to find Amelia. I would have thought your job ended with breaking my fucking arm. You're the guy who beat up my dad. Hey, sucker punched your dad. Big difference. Seen this girl? She's got dark hair. Name's Amelia. What's in it for me? He'll stop doing it. Doing what? Oh, fuck! Dad? Dad, there's like whores here and stuff. Sweetheart, how many times have I told you? Don't say and stuff. Just say, Dad, there are whores here. The mob is trying to spread its operation to Los Angeles. Somehow, Amelia is involved. One thing we know for sure, something funny's going on. The world's worst Nobody got hurt. People got hurt. I'm saying I think they died quickly, though, so I don't think that they got hurt. Come on! Get down on your motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so this movie is about a detective played by Ryan Gosling who is in charge of finding this young woman named Amelia. And Amelia happens to see Ryan Gosling telling her, and she hires... Russell Crowe's character, Healy, Healy, to uh, beat him up. And you've seen that in the trailer. Um, what they don't tell you in the trailer is this movie is super clever. And it uh, there's some bits in the movie. I need to see it like four times. Oh, no, Ryan. They tell you in the trailer the movie is super clever. There's this one title card that comes up and it says that it's written and directed by Shane Black. That's true. Um, so the whole movie is awesome. And it's just them. It's like a it's a murder mystery. Um. Because a little boy from Iron Man 3 is at the beginning. Um, <laughs> what an awesome opening sequence. Yeah. 
Uh, that, and the, that, oh, that honestly sets the tone for this movie mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, this because is, you've got this thing that happens that's really outlandish of him like looking at this n- nudie magazine and Misty looking Mountains. at her, <laughs> and then she drives her car through the house and and dies in his backyard, and you're like. That seems improbable, uh, but, but that is like. But it's also, it's like totally you know, he covers her. It's it's really interesting and yes. a great character choice. Um, but so yeah, so the whole movie is them trying to find Amelia together after they see that they're maybe in over their heads and this mystery that constantly unfolds as you watch the film. Um, and it, the movie's just great. Like I can't uh, emphasize enough. My f- favorite, like. Um, this is why I need to see a movie like four or five times. So there's a part where they're looking for Amelia and she's part of this group that's protesting Ugh. the birds dying. <laughs> and where you brought when, this up. when uh, Ryan Gosling walks out, he's like, ventriloquist, man. I fucking hate him. <laughs> and he's talking about how he hates ventriloquists. And he's like, and their mouths are always fucking moving. And it's just so stupid and it has really nothing to do with the movie, but it's really funny. And then they go down and they're like, Amelia! Amelia, she's not here, man. It's her, it's her, her protest group. She has to be here. All right. Who wants to make 20 bucks? <laughs> and I, Chet. Chet. And I like that the rest of the movie, they call him fucking Chet. Because yeah. He's so... and, and they keep using the word, uh, projectionalist <laughs> yeah, because projectionalist. Chet says it wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh. uh, it's, it's great. Uh, Russell Crowe's really good in it as the those, tough guy. Those two characters are so well written, mm-hmm. right? Because so Holland March, uh, Ryan Reynolds character is, He's a PI, um, and he's a terrible person. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you're rooting for him and you want him to get better, but he's genuinely awful, um, and constantly fucking up. And his daughter hates, like, doesn't hate him, but she's so frustrated. But by what him. makes him a great character is you find out why he's yes. an alcoholic, why he, uh, is the way he is, is because right. he lost his wife. Because of him. And it, you know what's great about the script, too? This is how smart this is. He talks about how he can't smell at this party with uh, with Russell Crowe. And he's like... You can't. It's like a throwaway Yeah, line. he's like, you can't fucking smell. He's like, no, man. And uh, then he didn't believe that the gas was leaking in their house and because he couldn't smell it. And that's why his wife is dead. And you're like, holy yeah. shit. What a callback. And early on, you get... So, like, the opening, um, the opening uh, narration from Russell Crowe, he's talking about, like... That he doesn't feel like he's a very good guy because basically people pay him to beat people up. Um, and he's like, well, you know, maybe I should be a co- become a PI because like they help people all day. Like they probably feel good about themselves. Meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds narration where he is a PI is kind of the opposite thing, uh, where he's actually kind of a piece of shit and doesn't feel good about helping people. And so early on, you get this sense of like, oh, Russell Crowe's actually the good guy here. And Ryan Reynolds is kind of just a Gosling. piece of shit. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, sorry, is kind of just a piece of... Ryan Reynolds is also a piece of shit, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Ryan Gosling is also sort of a, a, a piece of shit. And but then, then maybe my favorite shot in this movie, because damn, Shane Black is really good at working with kids. When the Blue Man group when 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 tobias funke gets hit by the van <laughs> and and amelia's running away and holly looks over and sees him the way she like drops her shoulders and walks over to help him like she feels bad about him being hurt she feels a little bit ashamed about the fact that she's doing it because she knows that it's dangerous and stupid but she's like i have to help this guy like there's so much tied up in that sequence. Yeah. And then he fucking kills that da- guy. Yeah. And like all of a sudden this character that was like kind of 
not not even one dimensional is is unfair to how well written the character is early on when he's a good guy but that thing happens and you're like oh shit like <laughs> ah. the moment before where he falls off of the the mansion and rolls down and oh, finds the dead body it's so good <laughs> and he's like how'd you get down there did you fucking fall down there <laughs> no man <laughs> <laughs> that's the that is the like robert downey jr ping on a dead body scene right oh yeah um and oh dude in my I, i'm surprised that you said that your theater wasn't laughing yeah because i swear that when they push the body over the fence and it falls into that wedding party or whatever it is, I think people were literally going to die in my theater. It was really weird. Like I was, then I felt self-conscious because I'm the only one laughing at like the ventriloquist joke. It's not weird. In my screening, um, like I thought the audience was totally into it, but at the end of the movie when like a third of the theater was clapping, it was, well, like, it was but, like the vibe just kind of went, Oh, like, ah, oh, yeah, we think this is kind of funny, but. Oh, huh. this is really offensive to most of us. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I, mean, I don't feel like, even when a movie is great, I feel like I don't get a whole theater clapping, right? Like, it's yeah. really rare. Like, sometimes I clap. Star Wars. But, um, I, uh, the, even, but the movie is so funny. It's, but I need to see it because it's so clever. The part where they're at that burned out house and that kid pulls up and Chet's like, they'll give you 20 uh. bucks if you talk to him. <laughs> you want to see my dick for 20 bucks? It's big. No, we already big. gave you 20 bucks. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> oh, uh, man. But, you know, what's, what <laughs> I do like, like 12. Yeah, what I do love about Shane Black scripts, though, is sometimes they don't go where you expect them to. Yes. So th- that, uh, so Matt Boomer plays a, like a really cool hitman in it where yeah. he's not in it very much, but you understand that he's dangerous. And so, uh, with with the hockey puck on his face. Yeah, with the hockey puck on his face. Uh, so when Amelia runs out and she flags him down, she, you know, she says, oh, can you help me? He's like, huh, how about that? And he just fucking kills her. Mm. To me, that is a great choice in a script yeah. because a lot of times they would he would have taken her hostage or, you know, pulled her in. But no, he just murdered her. Yeah. Um, and that kind of propels what? the characters to be better people. Um, and it makes them make a choice to do the right thing, not necessarily exactly, for, the money, right? for the money. Once she's out of it, there's not money in it for them. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I love too, that, uh, Ryan Gosling's character is so infatuated with, uh, Kim Bassinger's <laughs> assistant yeah. that even when she gets knocked out, he puts a pillow underneath her head. <laughs> this isn't you. She literally just said she, she killed three people. Yeah. But I mean, deep down, <laughs> then, uh, there's the great, this is, I fucking love this movie. So the part where, uh, Gosling is acting like he's drunk and, uh, uh, and then he shoots the guy, he falls off and the dude hits the pavement's blood and he sees Nixon, like the story that, uh, uh Russell Crowe told him, but he gets out and he's like dodging. He's like, I think I'm invincible. <laughs> and he keeps on like getting hit by cars. The only, and, it's the only explanation. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a great moment too when, uh, Russell Crowe's character is telling him about, how this guy is dying and Richard Nixon shows up and how, <laughs> you know, what you want to be might not be there. It's like, then why don't you just fucking say that? <laughs> more than one way to look at things. Yeah. More, more than one way to look at things. <laughs> you just said that. Like it wasn't a good story. The story is okay, but just, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It doesn't you matter. Just... <laughs> don't say and stuff. Oh, just, they're man. just whores here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Holly says that to the porn star. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that movie's awesome, man. Yeah. And how great is that sequence when, when, she really is like Holly is not it's it's one thing for Holly to be like the the moral compass of these two guys right which is great mm-hmm. but to then have this sequence where John Boy shows up 
and she doesn't realize it's him and she has to put it together in her own mind right and watching her do that mm-hmm. is so cool and then and then the cookie thing yeah where she, she's like oh no james is like oh no we're out of cookies no we're not janice i saw some more in there that's <laughs> <laughs> so good jesus uh, christ janet don't use the lord's name in vain no i didn't i didn't i, I, didn't. I used it on purpose <laughs> I, found it, I found it very useful um yeah it's great gosh it was so and it's it's funny because um after I for when I saw at the at the pre screening and there was the Q and A, um, he talked about the fact that one of my question was like, dude, this this is one of the most brilliant and dense scripts I've seen in a long time, uh, and so I was very curious about like how how long did it take to write? And he said it took like they've been working on it for twelve or thirteen years, wow. and it feels like it. Um, it was a and as he started telling the story, I realized like, oh yeah, I actually remember hearing about this because. They, they had tried to make it into a movie, then they tried to make it into a TV show, and then it wasn't until, and at that time it wasn't set in the 70s, and mm-hmm. then they went and set it in the 70s, um, which I think, I think that was Joel Silver's idea. Um, but anyway, and then, and then all of a sudden it just worked, and it, <laughs> there's you, and I was talking to the mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were talking to the mermaids? <laughs> um, you know, was, why are you wet? I had to interview the mermaids. Um, <laughs> The, uh, uh, all, all the little things like <laughs> when the blue faced man and Keith David are in his apartment and he gets the drop on him with the lights and he runs over to get the shotgun and he pulled the guy pulls the gun and shoots it at, at Healy mm-hmm. and shoots the woman next door. Like little things like that that yeah. are so awesome. Um, I mean, it's why I said that I, when I saw it the first time, I know I was laughing at, at laughing so hard at times that I missed the next joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, yeah, like when you see it multiple times, it works so well. I know. I can't wait to see it again. Man. Got to get that ventriloquist part right. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there are, there's, because that was one of the things I was laughing at so that I we can't for talk sure missed. to you, dude. We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wearing gas masks then? <laughs> so, so in that scene and in my screening, when they're walking around that, the steps trying to figure out like, who to talk to they have those protest signs and whatnot a woman in the audience just yelled out like read the signs it's like really really has <laughs> would we has the has, is one of the signs gonna say my name's amelia <laughs> or has a character in a movie ever responded to right. a suggestion from the audience <laughs> like <laughs> yeah oh well Thanks, like lady <laughs> she was she was frustrated because they said like why are you here yeah oh or, i forget what the questions were but like they're yeah the questions they were asking could be answered if you look to your left or to your right sure uh but obviously they're in the scene yeah. doing a bit that woman should stay home and never yeah. watch a movie again <laughs> yeah um it's yeah. like wow that's mind-blowing yeah <laughs> my, the the second time i saw it i had like a, a a woman two seats over for me who she only did it a couple times like three times throughout the movie um but she was kind of loud about it where she'd say something like you know uh oh he doesn't have his gun i'm like yeah that's what they just <laughs> told us in the movie too where he's looking for his gun in his ankle what are you doing i'm looking for for, for your ankle gun <laughs> did i dream that did you dream that yeah, <laughs> Jude the bee. Yeah, the whole subplot about killer Hannibal bees. Bur- Hannibal Burst bee. Yeah, like the the whole subplot about killer bees is totally a like a Shane Black. This thing is at some point it was important in the script and now it's not, but it's still in there because it's fun. Like 
Those those are the kind of things where there's so many layers to it. Let go. The car will drive itself. What? <laughs> so every, every car does this. Yeah. Damn. So it's so, really smart. Yep. Oh, so, the only the only problem I could have with the movie is that as soon as I meet Ken Basinger, I'm like, evil. Totally evil. There's no way you're not evil. Well, in her first scene, like... I felt like her acting was so yeah. off that, like, okay, she has to be the villain. Yeah. Like, and she's deliberately, like, she doesn't look like she cares because she doesn't care. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I thought it was like. You needed, like, Sally Field. <laughs> yeah. No, you, Kim Basinger was fine. I was just saying, like, she's giving away that she's, because she's like, yes, please find my daughter. I am distraught. Like, that kind right. of dry. It's like, God, either Kim Basinger <laughs> sucks at acting right now or <laughs> it's on purpose because she's the villain. See, this is how clever yeah. that script is, too, though, when um, he's like, it's going to cost you a lot of money. She starts writing out $10,000, oh. at least $5,000, and he wings at him. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. And a lot of the jokes, one of the things I appreciate is that a lot of the jokes from the trailer are either not in the movie or better in the movie, right? So, like, in the trailer, you get that jo- the, the joke after he falls where he's like, I'm alive, which mm-hmm. isn't in there. Um, the, uh, oh shoot, what was the other one? Um, a, the, the toilet scene is longer and kind of funnier mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and there's one other one. Ah, oh, shoot. There's one other one where they, oh, oh, it's when, um, in the trailer when they, when they're in the hotel and the, all the guys are getting shot on that floor and then they leave, right? To get away from John Boy. In the trailer, he starts to throw up in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's like a, it's like a great, you know, like the graduate homage of just like him, like twitching and just, you can just tell that like his brain is melting inside yeah. his head well, right now. Yeah, I mean, even in his the performance tra- is so good. The trailer where they show Russell Crowe breaking Russ- Ryan Gosling's arm. It's like, oh, he's just breaking his arm, but you don't realize he keeps on trying to grab a gun. He's like, are yes. you done? He's like, yeah, I'm done. And he tries to get it again. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it, and you also don't realize that his arm is already broken to sh- or like shredded because <laughs> of that opening scene where he punches the. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to take measure oh, your own. That's in. a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny? He's too- such a terrible like. They PI. say you're the worst detective ever, and then he has that moment. He's like, it's not a flight. It's an air apartment <gasps> thing, and they go down to the apartment's not there. Mm-hmm. But it's like two years. <laughs> but it's going on two years, but there's something else. So he's almost a good detective. Yeah, like, and that is such a great like. That's the kind of that's the kind of sequence that Shane Black would have written 25 years yeah. ago into one of his awesome <laughs> detective movies. And so for him to do it here, and then there's like totally. Flip I'm sorry, the you look on like you. a Guatemalan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, man. it's good to see that you're drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's great. Uh, yeah, it's anyways, one of the best films yeah, of the year. Go see it. Uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we'll be seeing X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, the poster with Apocalypse holding the skull is pretty awesome. Everybody's really mad about the way that Apocalypse looks. I think he looks alright. Yeah, I think it's fine. You know, whatever mm-hmm. looks like he does in the comics. Yeah. Except he's not white. Like he is like a powder blue in the comics. He's like white. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's, sometimes he looks different. You know, I, I look at pictures of it. I like, like Brian Singer, and I think he does a good job of these films. I yeah, think we'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. May I help you? Yes. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? I beg your pardon? It's a beautiful day, and we're out killing drug dealers. Are there any in the house? <laughs> Are you ready for anything? Thank you.
Wait, where are you going? I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do. Everybody keeps waiting for you to work it in. It's kind of like your calling card. I understand you're interested in drug dealers. Yes. Jack, that's him, the henchman with the glass eye. Sir, are you a henchman? No, I only go as far as lucky. Will there be anything else? Yeah, take off your sunglasses. Who's asking? The Tin Man. Well, Tin Man, suppose you hit the bricks. No, they're the wrong color. Are they? Oh dear, by all means, let's change them. Would arterial red suit you? Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6-NERDS-5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.